0: Uh,
1: should we talk about how you thought we were doing this podcast about brian jock because you're obsessed with redwall i
0: I am obsessed with redwall and dude that's so funny that you say that i can't believe we got back to that because you can't believe it i was trying to think of a character (laughs) name yeah i cannot believe it initially i thought you know when i was thinking character names for him just to make him a little bit more legendary i suppose i thought like methuselah Would be a good name. It just came out of nowhere.
1: I like Methuselah.
0: Yeah. Methuselah? Methuselah Methuselah
1: Fence and his daughter Pickett Fence. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it.
1: I'm looking (laughs) up Brian Jock's Net Worth. (laughs) That's not a bad episode title. (laughs) Yeah. Brian Jocks Network. <laughs> Brian Jackson. Net <laughs> I love him. 18 million dollars.
0: Jesus Christ. I
1: mean, do you, so I mean, I only read, those things, I I only only read the, the first dirt. Red Wall. I don't think I read any
0: of them. But those things
1: made up a good third of any scholastic book fair stock.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh man. God. The Simpler days. days dude, fair. I remember. Yeah. I remember one time getting in trouble at a scholastic book fair. Yeah. I don't know what I got in trouble for, but I I think it was just some sort of like age inappropriate something outburst of something I saw on TV to try to be funny. But I remember that my punishment was I had to like wait there for a bit for the librarian to like come back and admonish me essentially. Yeah. But as an indirect result, I was left alone in an empty scholastic book fair for like 10 minutes. Yeah, and boy, did I feast I had a feast of my eyes and my senses I looked at. <laughs> you know? I was just like, oh my God, look at all these books. I didn't even think about stealing anything, which I should have in hindsight, I'd definitely stolen some shit but did you, at you wanna- at least like
0: an eraser I was just like the something.
1: possibility yeah. did I didn't you, get uh, any red wall. You want to know about the, the most trouble I ever got in in a library? <laughs>
0: oh god. <laughs> yeah. I it was uh
1: it was the thing that got Cal Treadway kicked out of the National Honor Society.
0: <laughs> Go on. Uh that for some, Cal
1: Treadway. For some reason we were oh, going man. in there, he and I and, and for some reason we had to sign in and we just like stormed in there and some librarian like came up to us like hey 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 like you've got to sign in and and we both were like fuck you don't tell us to sign in And so <laughs> instead of writing our names i wrote in dick buttkiss and <laughs> cal just wrote fuck you and they like came and got us a few minutes later and we were like showed us the sign in was like what's this like um and i was like oh that's dick buttkiss is a football player <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "Um, no, <laughs> this." And they like pointed a few lines down so we are and fuck you. <laughs> and I hadn't seen him write it until- <laughs> I hadn't seen what he'd written until this point. Uh I didn't know that's what he'd done. And so, you know, he being the the, you know, unimpeachably uh having the unimpeachable integrity that he has, you know, he took the whole fall for it and he went to the principal's <laughs> office and he was like, it was all me pat didn't do anything like i'll want to take the fall i'll take the consequences and they're like well i was the one who wrote yeah (laughs) it's like (laughs) it's like they're like you're out of a national honor society (laughs) You didn't oh have like God. a Spartacus moment where where everybody was like, I'm fuck you. I did not I'm fuck you. In hindsight. <gasps> no, I'm fuck you. In hindsight, that's what the moment would have demanded. But we were yeah, you know that, we were that's real. That would have been true solid. We were insufficient to the moment.
0: It's funny how they, they boot <laughs> people out of that because like the, the a similar thing happened to um old half jack. Because he was in Honor Society too and then got booted as I recall because he, I don't know, he he should probably be the one to talk about this but I think he like wrote some essay for um, a well-known math teacher, upper level math teacher at Helena High Um, and it was like some pointless essay or something and he just wrote like, I have no idea why the fuck I'm doing this at the end of the first paragraph or something um, and sent it in and the teacher got Her hands on it, and just like (laughs) he got booted from National Honor Society because of it. They they try and censor you, man.
1: Dude, they really do. They They clamp down that iron fist hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dirty bastards, man.
1: Dude, that's why we didn't get uh, Who Let the Dogs Out as our song.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah. Fuck the moon. Oh my God.
1: That's why we didn't get the moon. We did get moon base resolution to the floor of the model in nations
0: yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't up. there which wasn't...
1: is a, a topic for a different one we're actually a teaser yeah teaser. Teaser. thinking about doing that yeah the incident coming. incident <laughs> the incidents where thanks to crow i smelled what is still to this day the worst <laughs> smell that i've ever smelled in my life <laughs>
0: Yeah, dude, I wasn't and I wasn't in part of that with you. I, I was close allies with a uh, with a character known as two scoops, which I cannot wait to mention. I spent most of my time with someone known as two scoops. dude. Two scoops. <laughs>
1: Man, I'm trying to remember what that kid looks like. And I'm really I'm only seeing the hair
0: yeah (laughs) yeah that's it was a large part of that person but yeah i'm just
1: uh i just have a sort of vibe projection in my mind but anyway hey what up what up welcome listener to uh another episode of hostile vibes from wholesome places This is Hostile Lives from Wholesome Places with Hooks and Crow, The Hooks and Crow Show. Um, this, one of an eerily duplicate set of voices coming into your sweet ears right now, uh, is emanating from one coastal region of the United States, that being the West, the left coast, um, and it's my voice, which is your humble co-host, uh, which is Hooks, along with my very own uh, Talking Crow host.
0: Ah! Ah! did that come through okay
1: <laughs> yeah that did straight from the crow's nest an absolute vibe dungeon
0: <laughs> the neon in nest, the center
1: yeah. of the united states the heartland maybe not the center the great rocky mountain west
0: yeah sweet missoula and it's crow yeah somewhere in the middle out there say hello Hello, hello, I'm here. Did you hear me, Crow? You hello. Want me to, you want me, And to then crow? in
1: our, the true, the true heart of our nation. No, we heard you, Crow. From the true heart of our nation, capital of capitals, the District of Columbia. Returning guest, friend of the show from one, some of the all-time classics. Uh, tenacious epic of Destiny episode, and the even more iconic School of Rock episode. Uh, my variant genetic copy, we got Pat. Hello, <clears throat> Elgato, welcome, uh, welcome back, that, thank you, thank you, that cough is not uh, is not from COVID, I want to assure the listeners, um, it is from smoking, so, <laughs> it's from irritation, Yeah, it's from throat irritation, um, yeah. welcome um, back, it How is from the swampy, the swampy 2.0? air out here, you know, we're not actually on lockdown yeah. on here yet. Um, the city government oh. has decided that the the profit margins of the seventy five cider houses in the city are uh, more valuable than you know the lives of its of its residents. So we remain open for business. Um, sure. Which, yeah, you know. Speaks for itself, I guess. (laughs) That is true. That is true. In Seattle, they've shut down indoor dining, but immediately, like, tent restaurants have popped up with such elaborate structure and design that truly beckons the question, like, what is... The outdoors, really? Yeah, I think I, I think I saw those <laughs> pictures of something like that. Where it's like, you know, fully built up like plywood with like windows and, and heaters and everything, just out on the sidewalk kind of deal. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. If there are four, if there are four walls and a roof, but they're just made out of canvas. Yeah, and on the sidewalk, is that really gonna? help anyone like there's not it doesn't look like there's a lot of air circulation going on there yeah that's all i'm gonna say about it um crow in montana as i'm sure nothing really has changed or just uh, a grim lack of acknowledgement that anything is happening
0: (laughs) yeah yeah we stand it's it's funny how montana like you know how it is it just sort of feels locked away from everything but it's like especially being shown through the pandemic just how far removed everyone feels from everything but it is still a plaguing montana like no other it's fucked up dude yeah
2: and and, and,
0: but like several bars have had to i I think i know of one that has had to like be shut down like twice in the past like two months for the same fucking thing, like and they just get people get down and dirty. And they had to like scale it back to where you could like only have fifty percent capacity. But again, some people, some places are like, Well, we make enough money from like this whole bar thing that I think we could just cover the legal fees. Uh <laughs> so they just like don't give a fuck.
1: Kinda it's love crazy. it. Yeah. yeah. I worked uh, that's the McDonald's worked, uh, coffee principle yeah well yeah, these dirty the bastards heck? the thing of like uh i'm probably misremembering this but uh the real life version of kramer's coffee is too hot lawsuit um, <laughs> yeah the i guess the the sort of mcdonald's <laughs> and, the mcdonald's <laughs> okay. internal a because if i remember it correctly that coffee was actually like superheated um and the McDonald's eternal logic was that it would be cheaper to deal with the inevitable lawsuits that arose from any mishaps with the hot coffee than it would be to i guess do it a different way i could I could be yeah invented, I could be pulling this out of my ass, but I, for some reason I feel like that's no. A thing.
0: no yeah no no no, yeah. if you
1: had just said the Kramer could cook- coffee, oh. coffee principle exactly yeah. which connects me through an indirect like level of <laughs> very specific sort of uh points of reference and our shared uh, Seinfeld obsession to me but to, which brings me essentially what I meant to say to something I was meaning to bring up and talk about because um you know we all have Seinfeld I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld lately it's been like really uh I've been connecting with it on a different with a different sort of level of appreciation Now, like having had a a sweet sweet albeit brief taste of that that city life that uh, oh yeah I know exactly what you're talking about like single person environment And like feeling increasingly like George Costanza. But what I wanted to bring up (laughs) was because, Pat, you are a hooks boy who's been out in the city for a hot second now, six or seven years. Six years. Six years. Yeah. And uh, um, I wanted to kind of get your perspective on it. What I've been, uh, something that I've been saying to a lot of people out here coming from montana to seattle and, and there's like i think a different nature of the two cities that we live in obviously but similar and in similar kind of ways but like moving out here it feels like time traveling but just like two years in the future <laughs> yeah a at bit. first where like there's this you know, it's a city, there's, there's fucking buildings and stuff, but in specific ways with like Seattle, like from a different from Montana, like we just leave <laughs> Yeah. A, oof, two blocks away from me, Waston's. Um, there's like Amazon. Just, every fucking block you doing day is like fucking Amazon grocery stores there's all you know all these sort of subtle you know subtle and not so subtle differences and just like shit that isn't in Montana yet you know that we don't yeah. have. um and part of that is like also learning the kind of just vacuous city you know yuppie or young professional or whatever like city grind thing yeah i never really had a full appreciation for like what that at life outlook was or that subculture or whatever you want to call it yeah it's not good uh (laughs) it uh that's a short version i like just uh it's been uh, it's been interesting obviously making that change, but like, I keep watching Seinfeld, you know, they're like, hi, and I'm feeling for uh, Sansa reactions to things in my own life, I feel like now that I'm here, and like, <laughs> the yeah, well, trust me, sort of cra- that, crazy people, yeah, population density is up. Yeah, and you, ha- yeah, I don't know. I'm having like big Seinfeld vibes. Trust me, that'll only increase um, post COVID if you're still out <laughs> there, as yeah. you sort of like get to really taking public transportation a lot and moving throughout, oh, yeah. The, yeah. Moving throughout the city. Um, yeah, I mean it's definitely um, a trip. Um, I, I, too, you know, due to my lifelong Seinfeld obsession, sort of charted out my acclamation to city life sort of yeah. via various Seinfeld moments um the i think that the one that made me feel the most like podunk small town was like for some reason uh i had like a really strong inc- like disinclination to like ordering takeout food for most of the time that i was in college um I just got so poor the entire time that I was there Um, and just because I was like you know on campus and just for all sorts of reasons but once I first moved off campus like kind of right after I graduated um, I had this moment where I like ordered like pickup takeout food you know like you go to the restaurant pick it up it's in just a brown paper bag with the uh, receipt like stapled on it and I was i i I just moved into my first ever apartment like in an apartment building and i was like walking up the steps to the elevator with my paper bag of takeout and i was like i feel like i'm on seinfeld because it just (laughs) like i was i it just i was like i've never done this before it was just seemed like such a big city thing to just get fucking takeout in this riper bag that looked like jerry's you know chinese takeout and go into my shitty apartment that was too small and just you know like you know after getting off the train you know so you feel like you know you don't want to relate to those people too much you know kind of as time (laughs) goes on like you don't want to you don't want to find yourself as george like (laughs) too often i find Mm -hmm. um but I, it's definitely an uphill battle in a place like D.C. is. And I'd imagine Seattle is with so much of that yuppie current. You know, like I'm sure yeah. it's a little like that. I think your city is probably two years ahead of mine, honestly, just because of Whoa. its tech stuff. Like all of those Amazon warehouses, <laughs> like Amazon grocery stores and shit like that, like that hasn't fully hit yet. Like, I know mutual friend and, and former okay. guest, Sean Kylie, he, in New York, he's kind of got that same thing with, like, the digital grocery stores that you go in with your phone and you, like, select something on your phone you just go in and pick it up and walk in. Like, that, we don't have that in, in town yet because we're, like, DC is really kind of a backwater in the extent that it's, uh, everyone who matters here is, like, 67 to 85 years old. <laughs> um and everyone who's kind of matters is a a painfully lame 21 to to you know 65 year old who's trying to make it in that world you know so yeah it's not very hip um and, and it mostly you know is resistant i think a little bit to those kinds of things so i think we're still a little bit behind sort of where you're at in that and and we definitely have less of the like tech vibe and like the tech mm. dude and like the tech people but god that's that's the worst part of it because so, like I think something that I love so much about Seinfeld why it's so comforting to me is because it's this like idealized version of city life in like the Clinton era and all these people just like have they're not worried about like how much money they're gonna have? I watched the one in season nine where like Elaine dates a poor guy.
0: Yeah, and they're all oh talking God, about it's like so bad. how do
1: you how do you interact with a poor person? You just give them money and they go away, you know? Like this really yeah. crazy perspective where they don't. You no, know, it's like I, I part of what's so appealing to me about it, I think, is just all these people getting to get up to all these hijinks in the city and not worry about money at all or anything like that yeah that kind of stress-free city existence is so appealing but then also it's like sanitized and it's populated with just this kind of cast of characters without without any sort of real sinister side or aspect to it which totally exists in here and in seattle it is totally this like i i feel like i am living in that town that what well, the guy, his name is like Hank Scorpio or something in The Simpsons, where he like oh, yeah. Homer away from the nuclear power plant, and it's this like idyllic community, and everything's really nice, and Homer realizes that it. It doesn't realize throughout the whole episode, but it's like he's like an evil villain, you know, it's like evil mastermind. I feel like yeah. I'm in Jeff Bezos's Hank Scorpio community, in a way where it's like so presently dystopic in the sensation of time travel like i described it where it's like it's like coming two years into the future and being like this is pretty sweet a lot of cool new stuff that i like I really like the yeah. here. that's pretty good There's a lot of fun stuff to do but then also like the amazon ascension to dystopian conglomerate world owning super corporation is like a few steps ahead here and it's visible yeah. and you can see it and Yeah, like the you it the sort of uh, you you're peeking into the future a little bit, and some of it's cool, but most of it's pretty vacuous, super superficial, and like you are like, oh fucking uh, yeah, this is is this better? I don't know. And and the inequalities are just stacked on top of each other in a much more obvious way than sometimes happens out west. But yeah, the density of the of the environment, you know, like yeah, they can it's like all... cool. This is the future, but then I was like, oh, this is all that it is. This is what we're doing with it. <laughs> yeah, like this it's is fucking a... every. A street is clogged up with a fucking smile cargo van four fucking times a day just because like everybody needs to get light bulbs in forty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know but, if yeah, you guys Art's are cool. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are uh uh Dead Kennedy's fans, but uh one of their albums is called Give Me Convenience or Give Me Death. And uh preach not very deep, but that's what I always think about when I I had a coworker <laughs> relatively recently like I don't know what the fuck happened to him. He kind of disappeared, but uh uh in like March <laughs> who uh, was just kind of, like, asking me what I thought about, like, the election and various things. And uh, um, uh, for some reason, he just started asking me, like, about a- a- Amazon. Um, and I was like, oh, I like Bernie Sanders. I'm a socialist. And he was like, oh, well, what do you think about, like, like Amazon? And I was like, I think it's, like, horrible. And he was like, you know, why? And so, uh, you know, all the, the usual reasons I, I gave him. And his response was, yeah, well, you know, I think, you know, would you give up Prime two day for that? Like, you know, like there's always drawbacks to to life. But like, I like Prime two day. Like, I'm not willing to sacrifice that for those like labor abuses and stuff. <laughs> for like the lumbar of fifty thousand people. <laughs> yeah, I was just like and i was like i don't really know how to respond to that he's like it's okay man like we can just talk about this next ship i love talking about the economy it's one of my favorite things and i was like, god i was just like what is like what's wrong with these people out here (laughs) yeah would you really give it up though dude it's so easy to rent a movie on prime (laughs) on on prime video dude would you give that up for well, the thing they is that uh, for them to not like pollute Central California it's <laughs> yeah. uninhabitable, I no, would. I would not. I would not. <laughs> I would never give up the convenience <laughs> of renting with one click <laughs> on it. Yeah, of, of getting those those four twenty three rentals with tax and fee.
0: You get spy kids though. <laughs> you do get spy kids, don't? Yeah.
1: Well, I have. I think I have a star subscription. So I watch we, that. We get Spy Kids and Jeff Bezos gets the whole world. <laughs> Is it a fair, yeah. Is it a That's fair trade? I don't, I don't know. It's definitely like, yeah. That's Who we put. to say? Who are we to say? <laughs> um, not to get too political. <laughs> no, it's going to get even more political. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> how are you boys doing? Should we uh, take a little interlude? And uh, come back and talk about our what we're talking about today, which I don't quite know how to tease it up and describe it out fully, you know. But uh, because I also don't even really know that much, Mm -hmm. and it's and it's kind of an open ended thing, but suffice to say, we're going to talk about what's it we just thought his first name was Some, some hostile vibes from a gentleman. Who From a we genuinely, warf- a yeah, genuinely disturbed and genuinely hostile <laughs> person who, for the purposes of this podcast, we have decided to refer to as Methuselah Fence. Yeah, Methuselah <laughs> Fence and his daughter Pickett. <laughs> yeah, his daughter Pickett Fence. Um, and someone who was a instowed man... by the state of Montana with the guidance of children and <laughs> Used that position lot, to elaborate on terrorist plots. He was like a lot like Tom Hanks's future character in Cloud Atlas, like the big true, true guy. <laughs> like he was kind of a spiritual visionary and like yeah. had a lot of premonitions and and was, you know, surrounded himself and and occupied himself with the expanding the minds of young people yeah in his uh in his uh in his care yeah a would, I, a would be thrall. Vision, a would be in visionary his, <laughs> a would be visionary exactly <laughs> um so yeah we'll get back and we'll take a little break i gotta plug my thing in here a little bit and charge it so we don't die just to make sure and also you know make wet and things like that um, Pissy. so we'll come back in a little bit listener
0: and now nick jacota is going to turn it into something grotesque
1: no they're not doing that anymore he doesn't have enough money because of covid so one good thing happened that's but cool. anyway, welcome back to uh, Hostile Vibes from Wholesome Places. A listener uh, with Hooks and Crow, the Hooks and Crow Show. Uh, with with me, yeah, Hooks, and that's Crow. Do you want to do anything else?
0: No, that's what I got.
1: Okay, and uh, we're on with uh, Pat. Ilgata. Hello. Welcome back. Um, we're talking about Methuselah. Fence, Mr. Fence, for sure, if you want to call him. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fence. He, he prefers yeah. that. Yeah. And Mr. Fence was... How could I describe him? Well, you he guys... How I a, him? You guys knew him as, as... If I remember correctly, you guys probably only interacted with him as the coach the head coach of our uh crosstown rivals uh yep. soccer team but uh, mr fence was my 7th grade social studies teacher <laughs>
2: um,
1: and, and and he is to me one of the all-time hostile vibes <laughs> characters uh at least from my from my time in helena um, how would you compare him to would you throw him up on the pantheon with Party Hardy Marty? <laughs> oh, absolutely, definitely. Uh, yeah, th- that's t- those are two of the guys on the Mount Rushmore of uh, okay. a certain type of obnoxious hell a man, I guess I would say, maybe Western Montana man in yeah. general. But
0: well, and think of how they both like have named their offspring. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a both theme.
1: Very creative. As we mentioned, we're calling him Methuselah fence. That's not his real name. um We mentioned his daughter is named Picket fence um because he has a very ridiculous name and he shows an even more obnoxious name for his daughter. um We don't want hey, before, to before we before we get into to that and we'll we'll get into that later yeah first i wanna I wanna build up a sense of the man, Methuselah fence, yeah, and yeah. something that I was thinking about. It's like, I'm, I am, as we all know, I am an empath. I do (laughs) sort of have the blessing and the curse of just having a really good compass for people's vibrational energy. And, you know, I did have limited interactions with Mr. Fence, but enough, I think to take a certain degree of the measure of the man and if nothing else, What I can tell you for certain right now is the taste that is left in my mouth all these years (laughs) later of like what kind of man he was. And what I think about it is he's like his vibe and his energy, and what I'm left with, like his essence that I remember it as, is just sort of like less of like a person and more of kind of like a cautionary tale of like when hormones, the whole spectrum of hormones are just completely out of whack and <laughs> dominate the essence of a being, you yeah. know, because it's, it's just like, what's left in my mind is like this, like he, you know, like, cause he was famously odorous. Yeah. I would say sour in any way you want to take it. (laughs) He smelled like he was past his sell-by date. And just a sour disposition, you know, a sour countenance, you know, just sour. Um, And just, yeah, and just, uh, yeah, just, just like... I don't know. Something on a glandular level was ramped up because I think it, it was. It's just, he was not like a big man. No. He, he was he. I don't know. Just like you know, without with I, I don't I don't know. It doesn't need to turn into just like let's ridicule this. Let's pile <laughs> <on>. man. <laughs> we ridicule this man. We all do, but like suffice to just say. That that like he uh yeah he he was a hormonal being he was he he was like yeah it, to me it seemed like you yeah, know which in in a, maybe in, in like a similar sense where if someone is born blind or something a lot all of their other senses develop a little bit more to compensate to a degree or like whichever glandular hormone <laughs> grows you vertically didn't really work out with him and but all the other ones to compensate just went like fucking crazy yeah, like <laughs> Not- the bile like an excess of bile if we and were like yeah yeah like his humors yeah. were yeah really his humors his balance. humors are out of fucking whack <laughs> and we've talked a lot about in this show the four humors as we see it yeah <laughs> uh, as being shit piss fart and cum <laughs> and i don't know which one he was full of it might have been more than one
0: i think i do but he was Dude, i'll tell you what he was away. full of
1: i will tell you what he was full of and <laughs> was i hate to make piss? a clunky dad joke but he was full of shit <laughs> um okay to paint do a picture to shit more to paint a picture for our viewer or our not viewer listeners, listeners um, of kind of what this guy looked like. I mean, we're recording um, the Zoom. We could release yeah. the footage. He looks uh, exactly like Adolf Hitler. <laughs> if, we yes, yes. If Adolf Hitler had kind of like mousy brown hair and no mustache and a nose that was just absolutely covered in blackheads. Like, I wonder if he was a boy from Brazil. But like well one, he, one, he one, need to be a boy from was, brazil you ever heard of operation not... paperclip like there are enough nazis in america he could have been the son of one of those uh german nazis who went to uh nasa yeah one of them somebody got a little bit of hitler's jizz or cum rather <laughs> the, yeah, the humor <laughs> oh,
0: of come. thank you yeah
1: and uh <laughs> <laughs> and brought it back and brought it somehow to term but like you know nazis famously eugenicists uh he was like one of the like the runt of the litter so to speak that was not going to make the nazi reincarnation of hitler (laughs) cut and but like a kindly lab technician or something like smuggled him to an orphanage or something to you know so to get out of the nazi thing and so he's just like has the physical resemblance part of hitler but like none of the charisma or like yeah all of the petulance i would say <laughs> like like you know kind of the the personality of an angry like like inflamed boil yeah yeah, yeah that's a good way of this it. guy
0: a man who had gone rancid
1: yeah really just and I, I, for, this may not be the case, but for some reason, I only remember him kind of dressing like Hitler, like, you know, kind of drab, uh, military colored clothing and like shirts buttoned all the way up with no tie. Just kind of a weird like. See, I can tell you exactly what he dressed like. What? He dressed like all the other. High school sports coaches in helmets, <laughs> he yeah, did fair like, enough. Polo shirts tucked into G- khakis, yeah. <laughs> you know, they had a for unit some thing. reason. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah, for some reason, I remember him wearing very stiff collared shirts, like very stiff. short sleeve, like like short sleeve dress shirts. You know what I mean? Talking about
2: sure, dude. That are dollars. like
1: that are like buttoned all the way up with no tie. There's <laughs> yeah. really like. Two sort of ways to wear like a short sleeve collar shirt. <laughs> it's a Hawaiian shirt, or like, you know, you're kind of going like Thrift Boy and Mac DeMarco type vibes, which like is worthy of satire, but like it, does, you know, it does have some sort of thing going for it. The way in which I feel like the bulk of men in the public school system in montana at the time that i went through it chose to rock the short sleeve collared shirt was completely fucking whack yeah like see the short sleeve dress shirt is never a good idea it just i I don't understand why it's there you should never do it with like the really obvious obvious like crest in like ironing lines kind of vibe with like the big big sleeves big (laughs) sleeves that like come out yeah to like a point and you that just like betray the undershirt underneath it it's that's a bad look also similarly the oversized tucked in polo shirt what's going on with that there's a lot of like oversized tucked in kind of like seinfeld like jerry (laughs) vibes as i remember it but like but like it like the Not van though, Huse, like the van housen like in 2006 yeah 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 kind of vibes you know? know which makes me think about in hindsight one of my favorite jokes from the office which is todd packer roughhousing with somebody and being like hey watch out man this shirt is van Houston, yeah that sounds like something uh <laughs> mr Vince might have said <laughs> yeah Which, like, it's weird that soccer was his sport of choice because he had much more wrestling coach (laughs) energy. Yeah, I would – yeah, that's – yeah, that's true. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's fair to say.
0: At least as I know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At least as I know.
0: As a soccer coach, his methods, I feel like, were better suited for a wrestling team.
1: Yeah, to me, he's still – is an example of like a cautionary tale as listeners of the show will maybe know if they've listened to much of it. I, you know, your boy hooks here is fancies himself quite a, something of a know-it-all fandom level of European soccer knowledge. And I, I, he is like the epitome of like, lame guy, like American soccer fan to me. You know, where like, I I remember hearing about he would like put on the Champions League final on the TV during class when it was on and shit and be like, yeah, guys, you probably don't know about this, but uh, it's (laughs) Manchester United and Barcelona. He's the epitome Uh, just in general of you guys probably don't know about this. And then it's something absurdly like obvious, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. you guys ever hear about a little thing called Manchester United. yeah, <laughs> you probably haven't. They're a soccer team in England.
2: um, um
1: they wear, they wear red jerseys like <laughs> he uh yeah, so he, I, and also like uh, you know, where he was like he he reeked of a guy like myself who was never really that good at playing soccer but really loved it and then came back and coached you know to try to like compensate or like be like you know yeah to to, to like prove a point about his aptitude just not being physical or something and man he was just a miserable level of coach well yeah Uh, because we we would play with kids from capital at arsenal and they were just like man it would really be fun if we had like i don't know any kind of functional guy but we again we don't need to rag on the man too much yeah i will say one uh one example of hostile vibes from him that i remember from i sure let's add some evidence to the seventh grade is soccer related um I One of my classmates in this seventh grade uh, social studies class with uh, with Mr. Fence was uh, a friend of the show Zonky Balgar. And uh, um, to his dismay, uh, one weekend, Mr. Fence had seen Zonky Balgar's Arsenal game. And uh, had brought, like, some notes to class to give Zonk about uh, sort of, like, his strategic missteps in his, in his, in his playing in the Arsenal game. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if, if, uh, if Zach remembers this, I don't know why I remember it, but I just, uh, <laughs> just, for like an extended period of time, like probably like five, 10 minutes before class, just Mr. Fence, just like, no, you're going to listen to like my thoughts on your soccer playing. And he's, just, like, he's drawing stuff out. He's like making this little diagram and he's like talking about all this stuff that he was thinking about. And I, and I'm just looking at Zach and it's just the most like, just like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like I, like, I don't want to fuck. Like, I don't give a shit really about this. Like, uh, yeah, I wasn't soliciting this. Like I didn't okay. just, <laughs> and, and, and Mr. Fence is just like, well, you guys need to be running back field more or, yeah. Was,
0: was Mr. Fence Zekly Bleakless's coach at the time, or was he just there to watch?
1: No, he had he was just like like he just made a point to constantly talk about how he was a soccer coach in class. And then Christ. just one weekend he happened to be at the Arsenal games and saw uh, a Zach's team, and he was like, Well, I'm gonna show up to class next week with my fucking opinions about <laughs> these little these 13-year-old soccer playing. Well, that brings uh. me to a memory of or to my point of like he was definitely the type of educator which you know this can go either way this trait like it can be for overall good you know i've had some good teachers who did this but also some bad ones but he's definitely one of uh, the type of teacher who like abuses a a good proportion of like their position as an educator as just like, well, I've got a kind of captive audience. (laughs) Yeah. For my like observations and worldview and to like kick stuff back off of, you know, um, and participated a lot in his own sort of like active myth building. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Like, was it, yeah, please, please. If I can draw another binary, there's, you know, there's the kind of teachers in public school who realize that all they know about the subject that they're covering is the very small slice of it that's covered in the, the materials that they're given. And and the, so there's the half of the teachers that realize <laughs> they're like, they don't know shit and they're just kind of going along with it, you know? And then yeah. there's the half that are like, Mr. who take that small slice as like total mastery of a subject <laughs> so he was someone who had taught seventh grade social studies enough to mr fence oh shit did i say his name yeah but well, well bleep we'll it like, out skip or something right over it we can yeah. bleep it out yeah, yeah yeah um mr fence uh he was the kind of guy who like literally had exposed himself to a seventh grade level understanding of a huge swath of topics and become convinced then that that was all there was to them. And that he not only knew (laughs) all of that, like, so like seventh grade social studies in Montana public schools, for some reason, is like the whole Eastern hemisphere. Like (laughs) you could be asking like, do you mean history? Do you mean, and it's all of it, everything about the Eastern hemisphere, everything to do with it is just one year taught by, this fucking guy and so history geography it's yeah. just current a, a, politics yeah world religions uh yeah he had to handle to um just and so this was a guy who and this was also a man who proudly had uh taught in the same school district that he graduated from oh yeah just like uh party hard and helena montana <laughs> so yeah, he was very like worldly yeah Wait. just like party hardy Marty well he well oh, well, he went to Hong Kong one time for soccer, <laughs> Jade,
2: Oh, did he as yeah. we'll get
1: into, yeah, he's just the the typical like the the archetypal like most poisonous version of just like the you know, like I went to Hong Kong once and I teach seventh grade social studies ergo like not, not, <laughs> i'm I'm I, like you know like those brain memes he's like sitting in a chair made out of his own brain all the time but but what he's but but what he's actually talking about is just like oh well uh mm, mm, mm. you know some people don't actually like the communist party of china have you ever thought about that (laughs) well my i I went to hong kong one time and and when they were still a colony, so i know what i'm talking about like i uh what was i gonna say he so something about that sort of specific kind of stereotype of like yeah. you know yeah the social studies teacher who went to Hong Kong once that is so like weeb and yeah. in my head always <laughs> makes me think of like what did you what did you get up to on that trip my guy genuinely... <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, soccer there, yeah, soccer yeah. trip, soccer trip, yeah. yeah, okay, but uh, I don't mean to, to insinuate anything specific about this man, but um, yeah, and and I think that's a good point too of like his belief of you know of like okay, I so I'm, I I I I know the uh, you know the the hard. Quantify. i know the hard data i know all the vocabulary by heart for like this semester of teaching and therefore understand this whole subject matter was represented in his teaching style because he was most known for having the bulk guy as i understand it of his at least one semester if not the whole year being based solely around forcing every student not only in the class but in in one class period but across all of his classes to memorize every single country and capital and all of the continents that you covered so like asia and africa and europe and oh yeah
0: i was just gonna ask if he was that same teacher yeah he was oh my god yeah so i heard about well
1: this uh (laughs) this this i will admit like Having like, having gone through th- this, I still remember every single one of them. Like, well, that's that's more, um, <laughs> that's more about you than it is about me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, I didn't. We don't have to get too into it because it's not the most interesting story about him. But that whole thing, the countries and capitals contest, is what led to me thinking of him as my nemesis for a period of time when <laughs> I was thirteen.
2: Well, that's yeah, getting into it.
1: You, you described it exactly right it's uh a vast majority of the class it was like oh how do you learn about the eastern hemisphere well obviously the way to do it is like mechanistically memorize the yeah. country and capital of every uh you know country in the eastern hemisphere and recite them in a specific order under a stopwatch while you're timed well mr Sorry. Well, Mr. Fence is just sitting there with a yardstick pointing along at them and just like staring at you the whole time you're doing it. And it's like this competition of how can you say um like say who gets to say in the fastest and there's this, like a reward structure so it's like the person who wins in every class period gets a prize, but if you're the fastest across all the class periods you get an even bigger prize and if you win all three continents, Europe, Africa and Asia, you win an even bigger prize for if you're like you know grand slam and i because it's like you don't it's it's like the opposite of learning when you do this shit it's like i like it just it's rote memorization it's like rote memorization and so i you could just kind of dissociate and just like like i did dissociate and memorize just the phonetic pattern of this order so it's just like you know you can just oh put, a portal just opened up you can yeah but it's just like behind your head it's just like it's it's just so it's the like i said the opposite of learning but you just do it as fast as you and i was like fuck i'm really good at this for whatever weird reason so i'm just gonna it, I, i'm not praised <laughs> for anything so i'm just gonna try to 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 kick this thing's ass because it's so easy for me and 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 I won my class period for Europe and I was the fastest across all class periods for Europe and the same for Africa and then I'm convinced to this day that he like like fudged it like really like screwed me out of the championship for Asia um, uh, over this like fucking so the reason so what happened is he insists we got the bleeper ready, we got the bleeper he, ready. he insists that he insisted back then that instead of saying Qatar for the <laughs> Gulf state, you had to say Cutter, because he read, I guess, on Al Jazeera somewhere or some bullshit. Probably not even that because they wouldn't say this shit. He read somewhere that you're supposed to say Qatar instead of Qatar, which is bullshit. <laughs> I've actually talked to a person from Qatar when I was in college about this and it's Qatar. I don't. I can't say it right because I'm not. I can't speak Arabic. But did you? Did you? Were you like? Listen. Here's why I want to know.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Genuinely, I did, and that person didn't want to be my friend for some reason after that. But um, that's a shame. uh, They're loss. Mr. Fence like fucking insisted on this cutter thing because it was part of his know-it-all thing. Like everyone's gonna say Qatar because everyone knows it as Qatar, and and it's it's fucking Qatar. So we're just gonna say. But he insisted on cutter, and so you know when i am doing it my final go through i go i get to Qatar, doha and i say qatar doha and he just stays there and glares at me he doesn't move his yardstick so i have to keep there and say qatar doha again and just a couple times until i remember and say cut and that's my one fuck up that's my one little stutter step in this whole recitation of asia and then this other fucking kid in my class period gets up goes through the whole thing and i swear to god he too says qatar doha mr fence doesn't blink just just goes right on just lets him have the mulligan just oh you can say qatar but but because i would have won off they
0: were in cahoots He threw it you got me you got me all riled (laughs) up about
1: this (laughs) i can see you're still spicy i want to say so for the listener paint a more thorough word picture of the the scene here of what this is like because this guy he's literally got a map down. so this guy has pulled down (laughs) a huge map of whatever continent we're going through and he's listed it's like huge map just white with black outlines of like the political boundaries of the countries and he's put the numbers in the boundaries that you go through so like iceland is number one for europe so there's a one in ice you know all the way through and 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 it's it's like a whole chalkboard is this map with these numbers and he he gets his stool and he sits there like spreading his legs apart of course and he's got this fucking yardstick and he just like hits it and he, he's like are you ready and he's got this little stopwatch in one hand you know yardstick in the other pointing at the country and he's like moving along them and if you like fuck up or you can't remember he's just sticks there and stares at you until you get it right and then you move on and literally (laughs) he forces every single kid in class to do this and it's kind of fucked up to think about now because i didn't have a problem with it i was like i want to do this and i was like bragging about showing it whatever because i was an asshole back then but there were a number of kids in my class who were just 13 year old kids trying to live there was like at least three kids that i remember in my class who were reduced to tears on multiple times because they had so much trouble memorizing this and they still had to get up in front of the class multiple times and get stuck on like the third country in and not remember and get stressed and break and if, and he forced these kids to like do this multiple times and there was just like no yeah. opt-out no and it was a huge part of your grade
0: jesus Christ. and jesus
1: and like you had to memorize them all like <laughs>
0: well, well and, no and well, perform
1: you, it in front of the class you, well, you had to but people didn't because they couldn't yeah, and he was yeah. and he just still made them get up and just do it and stand there and you had to like admit i think you had to be like i can't do it and like sit down if you if you could remember it's
0: <laughs> so fucked up. Well, what the fuck is it with like incentivizing like going faster with it to see how fast you can say them dude like, i think he was just bored prize? i
1: think he'd just been teaching for like enough years that he was just fucking bored and and this was just like some weird that's so funny to me that his entertainment is like i'm gonna make these kids i'm gonna make these kids (laughs) like I just it's so funny the extent to which in hindsight this was just like one guy who was given like full purview over groups of kids you know eight different groups of kids for our windows throughout the day or whatever to like do whatever he wanted with them and what he got up to. It was was like, like memorize this bullshit. Like it's so it's so Dewey Finn. It's like Dewey <laughs> Finn, but if if Dewey Finn was like a lame soccer coach, and so like instead of the School of Rock thing, how he came up with to pass the time was like, oh, I'm teaching social studies. Okay. You all have to uh, memorize the countries with capitals, and it's got to <laughs> be competitive. Yeah, it's like really what it seems failed. like now. Yeah, <laughs> it's <really laughs> like bad, a, so. it's like they sent if they, you know, there if there was like a classic switch up, or like some sort of situation where like all the subs were unavailable, and so that the one that they called was like the guy that they only ever call for gym class (laughs) and he had to teach social studies for. Yeah. I mean, it was really, it was like drill year. Yeah. Yeah, It's like soccer practice geography. Yeah. So you just do this and he, he had no idea what he was supposed to be teaching. So that's how he came up with how to do it. And just like to think, I don't know, just, it's like, he's the one adult surrounded by children that he's in charge of and like this is what he's like (laughs) making them do that's something at the point i'm at in my life now where i'm the most fascinated about what it's like to be a teacher yeah you know it's like where you're this like one adult sort of like shepherding this group of children (laughs) for a while and like yeah what you choose to do with that if we can try to make a bridge from this for to sort of the more problematic political Aspects, of yeah, His, sure. <laughs> his dialogues, because we, yeah, yeah, we were talking about his mid-building. because here's the transition. Because we were talking about his self-building. Yeah, well, some of the things, like some of the things about this, uh, like, like it wasn't just enough for him to uh, uh, make us do this insane thing for so much of our time. He also had to impose his own like ignorant, stupidity, like his own ignorant personality onto it so like for example he eliminated all of the like this the turkic central asian republics <laughs> from the asia kazakhstan so like, just, and Turkmenistan. Yeah, he just decided we didn't have to learn kazakhstan you know uzbekistan or any of that because he just thought it would kazakhstan. be too hard he just thought it would be so he just cut those off the map and he cut like a couple things out of Southeast Asia and like, uh, like Oceania, like you just like cut countries out randomly, no reason. Uh, and you know, like, Oh, I would just like, I'm going to insist that this one is called cut- like Cutter instead of cut- like, just like, yeah, <laughs> so just, making this, yeah just making, <laughs> sorry, Maldives. Different. We don't have yeah. time to get to you. Sorry, Maldives <laughs> islands. It's just it's not like going to happen today. I, yeah, I think he did probably cut out the Maldives. <laughs> I mean, if you're Just gonna like, cut somebody out, I'm sorry yeah. to say it, but it's probably gonna be the Maldives. Yeah, well, the ocean—they're all be... gonna be underwater. Yeah, to in the ocean's gonna be cutting them out oh, soon. Shit. Um, but yeah, Mr. Oh, shit, <laughs> Mr. Fence. Sorry. Bleep, bleep, bleep me, bleep me. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to edit this more than I do almost any other episode i'm sorry Um, but i have to actually listen to it no it's fine fine. um mr fence mr fence should we talk about Pickett at this moment yeah so like we say he considers himself a cosmopolitan (laughs) Uh, he's the most provincial it's possible to be like the most backwater ignorant fuck you can imagine but he imagines (laughs) himself a great learned man of the world as we said and so you know his name is not fence it's something else and he decides that because it sounds nice he's going to give his daughter a name that coincides with his name but it also means that he's naming her after like a famous historical symbol of like division and and oppression yeah, so, yeah so, so our example is picket fence but imagine that it's like a picket fence that's like a famous picket fence that was used in to like segregate the south yeah yeah. Never heard that. yeah yeah and his if excuse for it was i think it sounds nice if his last name if his last name was line and he named his son mason dixon yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, like first name Mason, middle name Dixon, last yeah. name Line. Yeah, like and and the, if, if his if his line last like name Sel- was Riot and he named his son Race. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. His fucking uh, last name was uh, I don't know Ireland. and He named his son Northern. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but like he, he, but as I I brought up the myth making thing because I think it's a pervasive element to all these things because i think the country capitals thing was a part of it like yeah it got out he wanted to be like known for a thing and he was constantly he's the son-in-law of a prominent montana politician yeah. which is so fucking ridiculous he, he talked about of. that all the time incessantly <laughs> and so yeah part of also he's got this captive audience <laughs> outside of just like pitting them against each other memorizing continental yeah. countries and capitals that actually he actually reminds me one time uh one of the things he did in class like spent a whole day of class doing was after he went to washington dc with this montana politician that he's connected to um he spent a whole day in class just telling us beat for beat place for place about his whole trip to dc he just like related he's like so we woke up we stayed at this hotel and he showed us where the hotel that he stayed at was on a map of dc and then he showed us how far of a walk it was from the hotel hotel he stayed at to the mall and and just like traced out the whole trip on a map of the city like to us, it's so fucked up in hindsight how much of my public school education was teachers just telling groups of students about their lives yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh and what they've done but like he was the king of that And I think that yeah, like he has, so yeah, his last name it's like fence. It's like, if who, I might even miss a beep and you might just hear it, but like, it's like fence and he, and I don't know if this is true, but I think that like, both like us and people we knew had siblings, go through the school system old enough apart that it went from like a thing he was, he would tell students as like a novelty, you know, like, yeah, my last name is is this object. If I ever have a daughter, I'm going to name my last name is fence. If I ever have a daughter, I'm going to name her picker picket. Isn't that kind of funny? And then it like carried through to him actually finally, or I guess theoretically siring an offspring and uh giving her this horrible novelty name following (laughs) through on this thing which has like do you want to talk about george costanza vibes that has a real like seven yeah it's a real like soda it's crazy to me to think about like like i i'm like did he come up with this joke and like it was something funny to say to kids in class when he was like covering the german reunification yeah i will say that well he didn't cover that i guess and then like feel locked into it i definitely (laughs) got the sense that it was a thing that started as a joke that he talked himself into because i feel like my year witnessed that process of him like i feel like at the start of the year that i was in his class it was a joke and at the end of it he was like I'm trying, like, I'm fucking my wife to get her pregnant and I'm going to name that thing.
0: That's crazy. That is fucking crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in wrong. I don't know that you're 13. And uh, so I I think the Mason Dixon line is like a better joke and like a better kid pun name yeah. because part of, and part of the myth-making thing is because him doing that like as this social studies teacher and this guy who's like already trying to build this like caricature of himself as this teacher who does this unique country's capitals thing like (laughs) i was uh, always under the impression and still am that like him picking that it's like an american history teacher naming their kid mason dixon line because it's just like are you trying to did you name your child that to further your cred in the subject that you teach you know yeah. you're like I'm a it's social like studies a geology teacher, I gotta teacher name my naming kid. Kid. yeah it's like a geology teacher naming their kid granite it's like <laughs> yeah it's like all he could yeah. ever think to like we the get only it. thing he could think about we get himself it. like rocks yeah it's just like the only thing he could think about himself is like I'm a seventh grade social studies teacher and so he's like I'm gonna make my daughter's name something that will remind people of that. Yeah. So that for her, crazy. my daughter's whole life, people will be like, "You're the son of a social," or "You're the daughter of a socialist." <laughs> like, I don't it's know. Like it's like it, the cost of his jollies in that situation, which is that he gets to be like, "Yeah, that's that's her name, Mason Dixon line," because that because I teach American history and I'm funny. That comes at the cost of her having to explain to people every single for time the rest she needs her why yeah. her fucking name is Mason Dixon Lime. Like, yeah, Jesus every Christ. single, every single, yeah, it's it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, it's he's kind of like the Joker in that way. Um, he just, you know, he doesn't care. He just, hes uh, extremely Joker. Uh, yeah, he's really. Uh, yeah, he's crazy. He's um, one of the most Joker-fud people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, to, if we, to try to, by way of like building up to sort of like the most mythical things that he claimed about himself. Um, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I kind of want to mention, uh, I kind of want to just mention that one of the um, many things that sticks out to me uh, in my memory of him is that he had incredibly emotional like investment in in his opinions about specifically, uh, the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki and basically like the surrender and the like the internment of of Japanese Americans and in World War II, like he had- (laughs) Oh no. One of the few things that I remember about him is him being very emotionally like built into like, telling us, no, like all the, every single Japanese person was gonna fight to the death Oh my God. Oh, yeah. We had to lock them up and we had to nuke them. And I'm just like, what fucking year is it to you, man? Like, like what kind of bit is this to be like, oh fuck, like, don't trust the Japanese. Like, remember yeah. Pearl Harbor, kids. <laughs> and such a weird, yeah, hill to die on. Yeah. And, but and also, so something like, that I definitely remember coming up, and this is just like a lens of education and history thing yeah. of like, teachers maybe not ardently defending your stuff but like multiple teachers being like you know the kind of prevailing logic at the time was japan would have fought man woman and child this was the only thing we had to do which i think in hindsight is probably just an example of like that was the propaganda at the time and it really fucking yeah you know that's that's what the government people to justify what they had done. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> it, it is fucking weird It is to a have thing that I, weird, I remember. Something you're being, passionate about. Yeah. I, it is a thing that I remember being like weird, a weird point of like emphasis shared by a number of teachers that I had. Like, yeah, I, like I don't think Mr. Fence was the only one who made a big point of this, but he was one of the people who was very like, I don't know what his problem with that was. Um, But I guess the most... most (laughs) But he had one. He definitely did. He was was just like... I don't know. um, A Truman Democrat through and through. Um, (laughs) But I guess the most mythical, as we said, thing that he claimed about himself, um, the sort of coup de grace of Mr. Fence, was uh, he claimed to have... similar to when they're talking about like the japanese during world war ii public school teachers talking about like islamic terrorists it's like a minefield of you know <laughs> weird and comments especially that, at the you know fucking we were in you know we were we were going through public school when they declared war in iraq yeah so it's weird <laughs> fucking vibes from everybody but yeah. um i remember, I remember my th- teacher bringing the newspaper into class the day they caught Saddam my third or I was either in third or fourth grade I had the same teacher for each bring it into being like see that caught like a rat (laughs) we got him I love that (laughs) the headline headline was (laughs) caught like a rat and she was so fucking stoked yeah I just started listening to that uh to that blowback podcast oh it's really good yeah, I recommend it. I, it just as yeah. an aside, quickly, it's it's a podcast about the Iraq War. Yeah, it's very it's good. It's kind of funny. Uh, very informative. Good. I've only um, listened to, like, two episodes, but... Yeah, I mean, it gets very interesting anyway, as it goes on, but... uh, Doesn't everything. Mr. Fences... You know, we talked a little bit about his weird lesson plans. Uh, his lesson plan for discussing... I don't remember if it was discussing 9-11 itself or just, like, sort of the phenomenon of Islamic terrorism, he told us the story of how he had predicted 9-11 years in advance.
0: Oh, God.
1: And how people had not believed him at the time.
0: Oh, God. Um, (laughs) What does that mean? uh, (laughs) I
1: wonder, my question is, how did it come up. I well feel like you were that's, a good, about, like, that, that's a very good that's a very good rack or something yeah. well that's a good question because how it came up is actually a little bit more disturbing than that fact in and of itself he claims okay. <laughs> he claims to have predicted 9/11 years in advance because he was trying to give the class an example of his credibility in predicting terrorist events because he had just finished Elaborating two o'clock 19 year olds <laughs> his plan for nine eleven two. 2. What Wait, like he wanted to do 9-11-2? No. Or he,
0: he was having another prediction oh. or he, premonition.
1: He, he you could he would have said he was having another prediction, but basically what he was doing was telling us his plan for 9-11-2 that he had planned.
0: Jesus out. Christ. Wow. Um, okay, um what? what?
1: let's take another break take yeah, another Maybe break. i need to charge i need to charge my pen yeah really quickly but we'll take a, a little break and we'll finish up the episode this week uh with as thorough as you can remember we'll go through uh right. mr uh Mr. Fence. Uh, Mr. Sorry. Mr. Fence's plot for 9/11 Part Two. <laughs> Mr. Fence's idea <laughs> for 9/11 Two. Yeah, that's got to be the episode title now? Yeah. Is 9/11 Two? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty good. It's but it's a it's a hook. Is there sure. a subtitle? Um, I mean, once we talk about it, maybe you'll we'll come up with one. All right. All right. Well, we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about 9/11 too. That was um
0: good.
1: Okay. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> well, I was just I feel like I had some question about milk, but uh, I, I can't. It, it escapes me.
1: You asked Pat. You asked Pat if he was going to milk himself later. Oh
0: right, John. Are you going to milk yourself later?
1: If I have any milk. Okay. Left. All right. In these sore little teeth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mr. Okay, Fred sounds like an about- unmilked man. Dude, he think, either didn't yeah. milk
1: himself enough or he milked himself too much. <laughs> <laughs> he never found a happy middle ground of milking. Dude, which, whichever one leads to oily skin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's definitely got to be too little. <laughs> but uh, anyway, should we talk about 9 11 <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, so the context in which Mr. fence began to recount his Nostradamus like yeah premonitions like the the broader context were, were you guys like covering the Middle East honestly, probably, but I genuinely don't remember it's not impossible that um, it just came up one day <laughs> i I feel like it like you you kind of feel like like I feel like it has to have been like like he has to have been talking about if not 9-11 specifically terrorism in general whether or not that was related to the like the the curriculum of the class or if you know, I don't know what was going on back then if like the underwear bomber thing had just happened and he was just like I'm gonna talk oh about yeah this today I, like for for whatever reason uh this was what he, was on his mind. Um, and so, yeah, he, he ended up claiming to have predicted nine 11 years in advance and like told people about it and not, I don't think like warned authorities, but just like told people that he knew and they were like, no, that's not going to happen. He was like, no, I think the terrorists are going to fly planes into buildings to fuck with us. Wait, he said, that's what he said about his premonition of nine eleven. Yeah. He was like, well, so yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, he was trying to 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 bolster his credibility uh because he 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 was elaborating us on his new terrorist plot that he was envisioning, but he was like you guys should believe me, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, be- believe me because I predicted 9/11. I said years before it happened, the terrorists are going to fly planes into buildings and I was right. So I'm I'm right about about 9/11 too um did he go into detail about it did he like Was he did he say like how many years in advance who he told that they were going to fly buildings into planes or planes into buildings um, he just i i he just, it it really got had the the this the whiff to me of sort of like uh an off like an off-the-cuff lie um uh, to me so i was, it was really say, just no go ahead i was gonna say to me at. It rings up a man who just really had the thought to himself, like, man, it'd be really easy to fly a plane into a building and kill a bunch of people, like, in a really <laughs> yeah. kind of visceral way. That and, then, like, and then, like, and then he saw, and then he saw 9-11 happen on the news, and he's like, oh, my God, just like I remember, thought about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was like, just like our fantasized. Thoughts about and and look I'm, I'm not gonna discount that possibility because i guess it is likely but basically what he said was just like he <laughs> was just like a few years before 9-11 i said the terrorists should he said should that one thing i do remember because the way that he always phrased it was like the terrorists <laughs> should do this so he the was ter- like so he was like years before 9-11 i was saying the terrorists should fly planes and <laughs> and uh now now that yeah. they've done that I've been thinking about what should they do next. Yeah. So the kind of guy The sequel's gotta be bigger and better. I just said his I just said his name. Yeah, I just said his name again, so you're gonna have to They said his full first. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. So uh, Mestopheles... fence?
0: Methuselah. Methuselah.
1: Methuselah (laughs) fence. Not quite common. Methuselah fence. (laughs) <laughs> but okay so really i guess the nugget of this experience was where he was coming from where um yeah i was gonna say the sequel's gotta be bigger it's gotta be better oh you it's know, way it's, bigger it's the way stakes bigger. have to be raised oh man you, you can't imagine the stakes i'm telling you guys right now new. i'm telling you guys right now he really thought of a good idea <laughs> oh god um how uh, much how much detail a fair amount. So, uh, basically, his critique of Al Qaeda's strategy was that uh, it was too. He's like, oh, well, if they if they can pull all this off, like if they can if they can hijack all these planes and plan all this stuff, they could definitely get people to like infiltrated in. Schools throughout small towns all across the country. God. So he thought they should switch to a more like covert infiltrate. I'm not sure who he and and this now is a a, a, a stick up in the plane because I'm like, who's Al Qaeda <laughs> sending that's not going to stick out like in Kansas? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Who's the sleeper cell that they're sending to the Kansas elementary? But basically, he was like, this is and now I'm th- 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 this is what I remember him saying verbatim is if I were a terrorist leader, if I were in charge of Al Qaeda, here's what I think they should do. Oh, I think that they should send, send a bunch of people over to uh, like kids, you know, like they've got some child, they got child soldiers. Over. Like they've got kids blowing themselves up over there. Send some kids over here and oh, get, get each, get each one of them an AR-15. Oh, and send them each to a different, to a different school in a small town you know, all across America and have them just execute orchestrated school shootings in mass all throughout the country on one day. Oh. That's what I think the terrorists should do.
0: God. Did he said this to a, a classroom of seventh graders?
1: Yeah. And he said it with the tone of like a, what? This is what I think they should do. Like, you guys <laughs> think that you gotta go you guys got a better idea? Like, yeah, what, do what do you want yeah. Like <laughs> what else could they do that would be better yeah. than that? Like, it was the, sort of, the sort of smugness of like this is the best idea for a terrorist plot. Like I thought it all out. Like Jeez. this is what they should do. <laughs> the best and, case scenario is it's like I mean just kind of really bloodlusty sort of like comedic lack like michael scott lack of awareness you know where he just like is having a sort of morbid type of thought that most of us wouldn't have all the time but like occasionally dudes start like yeah man i you know be yeah. fucking crazy if somebody like drove a plane into a building that'd probably kill a lot of people but like the the you know the lack of filter if at least if nothing else to just be like yeah, this is kind of a weird train of thought that I'm on to then be like, this is pretty interesting. I should uh Yeah, but like <laughs> tell but my like, kids about that. But like to tell a class full of 13 year old Americans like I'm your teacher and I really think that the terrorists should infiltrate <laughs> and massacre.
0: Yeah, dude.
1: Like kids in the american schools and 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 to just receive like a room of like like glazed over faces and then to be like and 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 i predicted 9-11 years in advance so they might do that like that was his 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 conclusion when he didn't get a good response was to be like and i predicted 9-11 so you kids should believe me that they're going to do this. And I'm like, (laughs) what's the best case scenario in that? Is that you terrify your... Like, what do you try to do? Get us to be diligent for, like, I think I know what he was... School. I think I know what he was trying to do. What? I have a theory. Tell me. I think... And I don't... It's not impossible that he thought you might be this person. (laughs) But I think that he thought that one of his students was a potential implant of Al-Qaeda, and he was convinced that this, he saw this strategic weakness, or, you know, best case scenario, he at least saw this strategic weakness in American public schooling, and he was like, I got to at least make sure that no one in my social studies classes is an Al-Qaeda plant. So he's like, I'll tell all of my classes about it. And if I'll just see if like any of them are like sweating, you know, yeah. like I'll tell them how, how I <laughs> predicted 9-11. And, and I'll yeah. just, if any of them are there, I'll let them know that I'm on to them. And if I, if any of them look like they're nervous, you know, I'll, I'll know that there's like something more to follow there, you know, just see yeah. if I need to confirm my suspicions or anything.
0: Jesus he's just but fishing these little
1: 13 year olds in montana turning out to be sleeper cells i figured out their plans so yeah he he had dreams of seventh grade social studies teacher and soccer coach in montana foils yeah how kind of plot he'd like he'd like just, he had like just watched shootings. he'd like just watch united 93 like the day before this he it was, was just like, like really weighed I on him done something! but it's just like he, he <laughs> knew in his heart this. he knew in his heart that he would not like he he he's like he watched that movie and he was up all night telling himself he's like i no i would have fought the hijackers i would have fought the hijackers in his heart he knows you know he would have like you know done the opposite and so he goes to the school with a head full of steam the next day (laughs) all riled up because he's like been made to think about how much of a coward he is and he's like no i'm not i I would fucking kill every one of my students (laughs) if i had to if i had to he's a big proponent of teachers bringing guns in school i i like to think more that he maybe did or at the very least genuinely believes that he had a otherworldly premonition that 9-11 was going to happen and he he should have done more to stop it because he saw it coming like yeah and in the under the weight of that particular delusion had get created with within that had a second opportunity by believing that he experienced the sequel to that with this premonition of 9 11 and then just in kind of living out that delusion was trying you know what it's pretty big brain you know to not to, not, to be like okay Obviously, I can't go to the authorities yet with this. I don't have enough evidence, but I (laughs) believe that I've had a vision that Al-Qaeda is going to do this, so uh, i got to build my case. First and foremost, I've got to deal with the sample that I have in front of me, and uh, I don't want anyone to know. Well, I guess it's a bad strategy if he doesn't want anyone to know that he's on to that. Yeah, (laughs) or it's just like he had a homicidal sort of like psychotic episode where he just (laughs) imagined the school Something being filled he with his bullets brain and he was like, yeah he was he like just, that's that's why that <laughs> he just said like he was like promicidal... that's why that hooks you you spoke here i know what happened you were doing your countries and capitals at such rapid speed as we yeah. mentioned that some sort of uh, otherworldly thing happened some portal opened up it it put this into some sort of trance when you were talking about Qatar or Qatar. <laughs> yeah. And like in that moment, he became convinced that you were a sleeper agent with Al-Qaeda and that you were going to be part of this synchronized attack <laughs> yeah. on American school system. And he, <laughs> you know, the feeling of this man is your nemesis. That was mutual, you know, that, that was projection. <laughs> that was vibrational energy. That was created by this real, the weight of this delusion that this man was under, that, that you were a sleeper agent and that he was trying to find, just trying to find out, he was trying to find out your plan. And he was trying to thwart your plan. I will say he is the kind of grown man who would uh, instinctively consider 13 year old boys to be his equal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was just, he was like trying to get, see if one of you guys would correct him on the pronunciation of Qatar. And that was like his starting. That was off like point. His,
1: his like MK Ultra trigger word. He was, yeah he was, that, like, he was like, yeah. he was like he was like fuck. That kid knows a lot about the Middle East. <laughs> like that guy yeah. might be a fucking up kid. I wonder how he <laughs> fucking learned all that shit. Yeah, he's pretty good at memorizing stuff. Sounds sort of like a prayer when you say it really fast. That's <laughs> probably where I learned how to do that. Yeah, I, I said it too fast for him to to, <laughs> to 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 like recognize, and he just thought I was speaking Arabic, and so he was like, "That kid is." A- <laughs> it's like a real, uh, it's like a real Middle America, sort of like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, like a mid, a kind of lame, middle class white person, like tranquilizer type drug, prescription drug people take. What are what's a good one for that? for reference prozac? to that. Yeah. it's like a prozac homeland you know <laughs> like uh yeah like you know you know like it's just like a a bored kind of lame crazy guy under the influence <laughs> of something coming up with this elaborate subplot and it's also just like if this guy is, you know that's what he's fucking I can't imagine what kind of excitement that guy had watching Zero Dark Thirty and shit. But, uh, you know, it's him. It's probably a delusion (laughs) born out of him. He milked himself to that. (laughs) 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 It's a delusion of himself connecting his day to day with the sort of dramatic theater of the era, you know? It's him fantasizing about the excitement of the war on terror coming to his own environment. he was probably in the truth and the truth is that delusion probably came out of him fantasizing about a kid trying to shoot up his class and him like killing yeah for real well yeah for real that's what yeah it's like thinking about it now it's kind of an ugly taste in my mouth because it's just a window into how much like the the teachers in this like because he's far from the only teacher i had to pontificate about school shootings and what they yeah. thought about their likelihood, or what they would do in them, or what they thought we should do it, and just like these were really just some really disgruntled adults that just occasionally just stro- like vi- like vividly pictured the school just being filled with bullets, and they kind of like fed off of that weird like imagination yeah uh, and that I, I mean why. that's that's like a, a, a societal thing I think of in America where just there's like it's it's a kind of a grim kind of a foreshadowing of how everybody is just like accepting without really understanding that like 300,000 people have died of COVID and shit but like yeah where the, like such a crushing existential weight of how many school shootings there fucking are and like so you know just sort of like coping with the fucking utter dystopia of of like the necessity to live with that reality you know like we were all part of the some of the generations who grew up like from start to stop under the presence of that as like a societal phenomenon in this country you know and so like I think it's like a a, a thing to that you know of like we have to understand or think about this all the time because it's just so prevalent in our society you can't not think about it but you cope with it by the way in which you think about it. It's like, oh, we got this fucking problem. It's like these kids shooting up schools and stuff. Well, the solution in my brain for coping with that is I got to think about how I would stop a school shooter if they came to my school. Yeah. Not like, fucking, we should do something about all these fucking guns that these or kids if are you're, easily. Or if you're just like a mountain dew swilling brain fucked little creep like <laughs> Mr. Fence. <laughs> what what it makes you think is fucking al-qaeda is coming i'm gonna tell these kids about it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah it's yeah just like it's part of the yeah one element of the dystopia that broke open his brain in that in that <laughs> specific way you know because he couldn't live under the full reality of it so he concocted a fantasy of it yeah yeah that dude is not cool <laughs> twice in summation yeah closing thought yeah in conclusion dude hostile was vibes very cool yeah an extremely hostile vibe uh extreme like yeah in a in a in a, the worst way like david Brent vibes like i just picture yeah. it like <laughs> holding on too long and it's one of those things where it's like he's talking about it way too excitedly way too much detail and not getting any kind of feedback and then he gets on it and it's just like wait well you guys don't
0: you guys and it's that like similar super... kind of like
1: it's a similar kind of like oh i'm walking out on an edge like uh <laughs> your other teachers aren't like talking about this kind of stuff with you guys but uh i'm telling you about my terrorist plots <laughs> just like oh cool cool mr fence like uh
0: is he st- is he still we there? love
1: you I think he's still teaching. I think he quit coaching, but he's still teaching. Yeah. (laughs) He grew grew a mustache now, so he probably looks even more like uh, fucking Hitler. That's so fucking crazy. I think about, like, uh, so, again, it's so, like, Black Mirror, School of Rock, Dewey Finn vibe, you know, where it's just like, I just think about, like, going to the parent teacher night and they're coming in and and Mr. Fence has to prepare the presentation on my class, <laughs> you know, and he's like, uh, Pat, Pat, Pat can say the country and capitals of Europe in, in, in 49 seconds flat. Not many kids can do that. And like, uh, yeah, Jimbo over there, he's, he's on the door for when the Al Qaeda plants come in. We talked about that plan. <laughs> these kids, these kids know that I predicted 9 and and that's what we've been so in summation your kids are great they we learned all the countries and capitals and they are ready for 9 too which <laughs> you guys will probably think this is really interesting too parents i've thought about like what should al-qaeda do if they like want to <laughs> up the ante a little bit and like what if they sent over like cute little <laughs> Afghanistani and pakistani and iraqi and Iran- iranian children he, he wouldn't he wouldn't have no he would have said middle eastern middle eastern children you see you know they're just coming over kids are coming over yeah like it's it's big big grim school of rock vibes it also makes me think about like because you know what we've learned in the years since all this happened is just that we live in the reality where everything goes just kind of in the worst possible way that it usually (laughs) could go in most cases and so i'm like okay well Like we, I I won't even come close to doxing these people, but we were all obsessed with over here. This, uh, uh, we'll talk about this more on Mike, if you guys, Pat, if you're interested about it, but a a family that we all know and kind of grew up with (laughs) in Helena ended up going, picking to the front page of Reddit recently, essentially for just like the level of squalor that they live in and like, like, but like gross, like gamer squalor. And it was something to me where I was like, they have been a barometer for how the world has gone, you know, since I last interacted with them in like seventh grade, like they've Wait, I'd actually... Exactly. I'd be very interested... You probably know who it is. I don't, but I'd be interested to hear more about this. Uh, before though, I just, can I tell you guys my totally uneducated prediction as to what Mr. Fence has kind of been doing for the last couple of years? In the sure. teaching yeah my prediction is that he has become one of those like you know those guys on like twitter or whatever who will like quote one of like trump's tweets and be like oh really sir like how like how dare you yeah. i think well, there's what, here's I something think, you probably forgot to read the constitution yeah. says yeah. differently <laughs> i think that he just does that kind of bit to the class now god well here's right. what He'll i just... was gonna say uh, is like so you know if i was i kind of fucked with my because i was like okay this family is a barometer for the world goes because it's like looking back at you know interacting with them a decade ago and now it's just like oh okay they just gave in to like the worst possible in- impulses and impulse. went to like the worst possible route and yeah. like got just broken in the in the way that the whole world did, you know, it just got worse and shittier and trashier and like more disgusting and like more racist and shit. But like when I think about Mr. Fence, I'm I'm like thinking that's probably the same. And like the grim reality of it is he probably trended exactly as the world did in that time. And I mm. was like thinking about this specific thing. Did he get pilled? originally big time on like he's got this 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 theory about 9-11-2 and then you know kind of towards the end of the obama years when there was like the big syrian refugee crisis and all <laughs> these people were like they're going to be sending over undercover operatives do you know do you think that pilled him a bit where he was like shit this is the window you know i've been thinking about this this is going to be the guys that they're doing under and you know, like, so many people who went down the first rung of the ladder in between, like, 2012 and 2016, like, the, yeah. you know, is he fucking...
0: Yeah, know, I guess know, there's a save, definitely... A
1: hashtag save the children, like, QAnon guy at this point. I equally, they're equally likely he's either fucking full QAnon or uh, full neo-lib brain, like... Yeah, I think <laughs> fucking probably- Mark Esper is a hero. Yeah, probably more likely the latter um, just because he like, smartest guy in the room, but not in like uh, he- he's not the kind of guy who's like I'm the smartest guy in the room in the sense of like I've fully figured out the JFK assassination and let me explain it all to you right now. He's the smartest guy in the room in the sense of like a you fucking idiot for thinking about that shit. Like I, I know that the government didn't lie about that, so just get, like that's the kind of guy he is. So oh, okay. I don't think he'd be a cute guy, but I definitely think there's a chance that like the like the Islamic State pilled him, like freed like a uh, you know like NATO NATO pilled him, and he's just like, you know like trying to he's like trying to get somebody to nuke like Tehran or something now. <laughs> it's weird like a thing about mega shit and like a lot of like crazy internet all right shit in general is that it has so many fucking wildly disparate tendrils that like people get roped in from like the fucking craziest directions that you don't always expect you know and like it it could be i would you know he he could also be the type of know-it-all guy where he's like i don't really care. for his disposition you know and his disregard for norms but like actually man it was good that he fucking killed sulani that really like i, I yeah, kinda, and, then yeah I started to un- and then i started to understand the whole thing man and once i kind of understand his thing about that then like the, it broke up. i got i understand trump now and you know it's like it, I, who knows what i think he probably could find a way into mega hood yeah you know. i mean he the main thing i remember about him is islamophobia so yeah yeah that's but obvious. I mean uh, not to get too again too political on here but I mean you can you can be as, as Islamophobic as you want be a true blue democrat in America. So. Yeah, he just fucking watches yeah. a lot of real time with Bill. He Maher. like complains about fucking Ilhan Omar. all the time, too. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just guessing here. I don't, he I don't just, uh, know. He just yeah, it's like dignity you need you know yeah, respect, <laughs> respect the institution or whatever. Well yeah, cuz that's what it's like I remember is the president should have the best health care yeah well, i just, i remember when i was uh, when he, he was president or he was a, he was, yeah, my teacher, for for was my teacher mr fence for president mr fence was my teacher when obama got elected and i remember on election day he came in with an i voted sticker and so i asked him who did you vote for and he got really mad and he was like you don't ever ask someone who they voted for i voted and that's what matters. And I'm going to tell you who I voted for. And I was like, okay, well, you fucking voted for John McCain. Then you <laughs> liar. Um, and it's, uh, that's also the stupidest shit where it's like, that's so private. Don't ever ask. Yeah. It. It's like, I'm trying to figure out if you're like, <laughs> like yeah. a fucking dickhead or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I just feel like that kind of vibe of like that. You don't ever ask anyone what they voted for. Yeah. It's secret. He's kind of like,
2: oh, fuck. Oh,
1: it no, reminds dude. me a similar thing of like, we are... Uh, U.S. history teacher who was similar, you know, uh, definitely more palatable, but, like, similar sort of, like, I actually, like, know about it, and my, like, smart, unconventional take is that, like, everything should just stay the same all the time, and, like, institutions are good. You know, Mm -hmm. actually, you might not have thought about this. Oh, man, that's my least favorite kind of person. Supreme Court works fine, but, like, I remember right before the 2012 election, um, someone who we just startlingly saw a picture of on the Internet, who we won't Mm -hmm. name, Mm -hmm. uh just so you know but he a very sycophantic young man but he right before the (laughs) election he was like history teacher who do you think's gonna win you know like just like please get on your soapbox I can't wait and his like it was so funny his like big brain take on 2012 was he was like I think Romney is gonna win the popular vote but Obama is gonna win the Electoral College. <laughs> he did say that. that. He did and say then that. That'll be good because we'll finally get rid of it. And we were and I was like, oh man, that would be cool. Well, of course fucking not. It's it's impossible for uh for that political, you know, for a Democrat to win the Electoral College and a Republican to win the popular. It's just it's never gonna happen like that ever again. So it's an idiotic thing to say. But, but I think now that you bring you know, that up, I do remember energy. I do, but now that you bring that up, I do remember Mr. Fence literally predicting that outcome of that election. That, that became would win the popular vote, would Obama would win the electoral college? I uh, or or am I misremembering that about whoever was my teacher when Romney? no because we were in high school when romney was running we were in middle school when but so if it it was mr fence it would have been McCain. but do do you remember do you have any memory of a teacher saying that specifically about romney and obama yeah that was our our high school american history okay yeah okay so that's what i'm thinking of never mind yeah that's (laughs) what you were thinking of yeah but yeah it's being like big brain time yeah um i would like to hear about this reddit family i don't know (laughs) if we want to do that if we want to we'll do it we'll we'll do it we'll do it off we'll do it off mike
0: yeah (laughs) i'm curious too i have to know would i know them
1: yeah absolutely
0: okay i think i
1: have a guess i think it's i think i'm right for a weird reason i think you're probably right it is but you're probably right you're probably um uh but anyways let's land this fucker real quick yeah Yeah. to that business (laughs) that we really want to get to so yeah that was that that was that that was really fun I still, you know, I hope I hope he was wrong about 911 too. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah. I hope it doesn't happen.
0: Jesus, extreme. I hope it, it, doesn't
1: work. it I'm going to say if it does happen, I hope it's nothing like he described because that sounds like horrific beyond belief. Yeah. But also not entirely that different from a normal year in America. Yeah, fair enough, <laughs> yeah. fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Wow. Yeah. I did not. Probably wouldn't make anything hey. different.
0: This guy is so much more extremely hostile than I thought. Because I, I like Pence. barely knew. Does he
1: remind thing. you of Independent Beans?
0: Oh, extremely. Yeah, if if Independent Beans was like given, you know, just access to a room full of kids that are going to be paying attention to him, <laughs> just listen to him. Yeah. He it. would do
1: something similar. He would do something <laughs> similar.
0: So I think it's a, a specific kind of, sort of, like... of Montana guy. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. <clears throat> so who do we now have in our like pantheon of figures, <laughs> our 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 Rushmore of crazy guys? We've got Independent beads we have got Party Hardy Marty, we've got <coughs> Methuselah Fence, right? Did we yeah. ever?
0: Yeah. Did we ever give a name to uh, remember who you love, who loves you, guy? Do we ever talk? We talked. We believed him. his name out. Oh shit! Okay, right, right.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Remember who yeah. loves you. Yeah. Yeah. I, Dude, there's a mm.
1: lot of the stories yeah. to get into from Elena.
0: Methuselah <laughs> fence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, we've
1: got uh, fucking the the Dare Camp guys. Yeah, Dare Camp kids.
0: <laughs> yeah. did we did Dare we call him guys, by his name?
1: Alan and yeah. Yeah, Alan from Dare Camp, fucking Deputy Alan Hughes. We've got fucking <laughs> Corey and Sean. <laughs> those guys I'm we've sure got that. fucking quasimodo yeah. have you guys it. talked about um you guys talked about the like the doctor from our the assistant principal no. doctor <laughs> no, no that we are definitely gonna have to talk about at some point yeah good story. for sure
0: the, <laughs> it's a bonkers universe
1: story. of phoenix doctorate but or there's there's a whole cast of characters if i were to go through the feed right now I bet I'd remember even more of them
0: (laughs) Greg Trude Then I can
1: pull off the top of Yeah that fucking guy (laughs) Who uh, killed somebody Um, Oh shit we're on This is our 39th episode But um, Who are we also talking about When we were talking about Greg Trude Oh the fucking uh, Akito Sensei Yeah Yeah, the Akito Sensei (laughs)
0: Yeah that's right (laughs)
1: <laughs> that fucking guy the uh chile's bartender meth addict who thought zonky balgar was sleeping with his wife yeah <laughs> that guy's a legend a uh, lot lot a lot of iconic characters in this show so you yeah. know maybe you know maybe now as we go back into lockdown Uh, You're not going to be spending Thanksgiving with your family. You know, uh, spend it with Hooks and Crow. Listen to old (laughs) episodes of Hostile Fives from Wholesome Places. Hit up the catalog. Uh, Yeah, go back to the nocturnal emissions days. When that was what the show was called. Go back to the quarantine companion days. When that's what the show was called. Uh, Binge listen,
0: dude. Binge listen. Binge listen.
1: Tell your friends to follow and subscribe and rate and review <laughs> check out uh pat our guest thanks again for coming on check out of course uh pat's shiz uh on his sub stack it's called not so secret it's got already pat, I'll let you talk about it a little bit but i will say it's got already the most important thing that a sub stack needs which is a catchy name thank you uh, thank you and not so secret so pat what what, 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 what can we find right there, the listener Um, Not So Secret is about propaganda. Um, It's about trying to uh, deprogram ourselves from the sort of uh, regime of the mind, you might say, imposed on us by people like, for instance, Mr. Fence. Um, (laughs) You know, he's kind of a goofy figure, but as we kind of got into, he has very ugly ideas that have yeah. very deep roots in a lot of the stuff that we watch and a lot of the assumptions that we have as Americans about the world. And so um, I'm just trying to uh, cut through that maze as much as I can and try to uh, qu- sort of question uh, the sort of things that uh, people like Mr. Fence w- w- you know would have us believe, about what he was (laughs) empowered by the state to to teach us (laughs) um so yeah we've been quite literally yeah we've been underground for a little bit in the sense that i haven't published anything in a while but um coming back at the end of the week that we're recording this um i'm doing a a post-election propaganda report card um so we're going through whoa uh all the sort of like everything that everyone was wrong about essentially for the last four years and kind of taken stock like what did i like me Hell personally yeah. what did i fall for what did i not fall for uh you know what do we look for going forward you know kind of we're gonna meet the new boss same as the old boss kind of scenario going forward so yeah. to yeah. continue this who analogy we got to make sure that we don't get fooled again is that gonna be a part of? A... I mean, I might put that song in at the end, just because it's. that such gonna a be part of part of it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to read. Uh, it's a sub stack, you know, so it's like a newsletter. Um, it's, uh, I, I've read read them all. I always read them when they come out. It's always got a great intersection of, I think, like pretty relatable cultural like examples you know and then you know that then help you pivot to like how that represents propaganda you know well thank you and I think when I when I read them I I always come away with it of with like uh like a mind some sort of like mind trick idea or something where like I'll I'll read it and then it'll it's just like I'll have something in my head where it's like okay it's like when you're trying to this is maybe not relatable for everybody but you're like gonna buy a new car and you know that you're you're like oh I want to get a Subaru Forester but then Mm -hmm. for like a week before you buy it or something you just see fucking Subaru Foresters around all the time (laughs) it's like I'll read a not so secret and it's like uh you know it's actually hollywood uh conspires with uh, the department of defense a lot to create a favorable portrayal uh of the military in stories where the facts don't really line up with that and then it's just like all i fucking see are sanitized depictions of American yeah military intervention for like a week and it's all you know so it's like i think it's it uh It's good for based and normie people like myself to, uh, (laughs) read it and, uh, get, you know, get pilled a little bit, get some ideas about, um, yeah, how we're all getting fucking pilled in the, in the realist sense. Yeah, getting bamboozled. Yeah, the real pill is, uh, (laughs) you know, like we said, the Amazon pill. Yeah, and it's a tough pill to swallow, but... Oh no, uh, it's the easiest pill to swallow. Maybe <laughs> it goes down smooth and that's you yes, know that part of the smart. problem. But you read not to Secret on Substack and it helps you uh wrench oh, yeah. a oh, little yeah. bit, every bit that thing back. It's up. like uh it's like taking some mouthwash. Like it's gonna sting a little bit. If you have any little cuts inside of your mouth, yeah, it's gonna burn a little bit, you know. It, it, but you spit it out, you feel clean, you feel your your teeth feel like you just got out of the dentist, you know. It's great sure yeah but it uh yeah i I recommend it to all the listeners it will definitely having you look at things in a different way after you read it i know it does that for me so look out for that coming soon for the election everybody needs to be biden pills i must say uh uh don't cheer your executioner folks It's probably a good time time. for that. It's probably a good time for that. Um, At the very least, um, you know, you'll, I don't know, you'll have to (laughs) willingly participate in not seeing it if you don't read it, you know, after you read it. But anyways, recheck that out. Thanks again for coming on the show. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Uh, Always welcome to come back on. Um, I'm glad to add um, what? What is his fucking... Methuselah. Methuselah fence. Methuselah. Methuselah fence to the roster, to the cast and crew. And his daughter Um, Pickett. I don't know what we're going to... And his daughter Pickett. I don't know what we're going to do next week, Crow, neither do you, unless you have an idea that you want to share with me right now. Mm. Um...
0: Of, of hostile vibers,
1: yeah. What, like, what, 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 uh, what should we maybe do?
0: Let me sleep on it. Maybe I'll have a, <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll... Let,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, you've had a long day, I'll let you sleep on it. Yeah,
0: let me sleep on it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Text me something tomorrow that we can do for next week's
0: episode. Yeah,
1: um, but yeah, to uh, hostile vibes nation out there, bro, uh, stay safe, don't go see anybody that you would not like to maybe kill (laughs) that you aren't, you know, spending time with for Thanksgiving this week.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Stay home. Stay home. Stay safe. It sucks, but we need to all do it. Stay the fuck home for a hot second or two. Uh, Wash your hands. Don't eat ass. Mm. Crow. As the crow likes to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't need ass out there yet. Yet? Uh, yeah.
1: We tr- tr- I, Trust me, listener, nobody is more raring to go. Nobody is counting down. The days until that is safe more than you're my very own talking crow host. So like
2: Please, we, yeah. he will
1: be the first to do it. He's the he's the one who's <laughs> dying to do it the most. He's the one who will let you know as soon and as soon as it's safe, but like he's not gonna do it until it's
0: safe. I've been marking X's on my calendar every <laughs> yeah. single day. It's, yeah, in
1: the in the fucking vibe dungeon over there, the yeah. fucking crow's nest. Um but yeah, don't do that. And most importantly, remember who loves you, baby.